You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast. My guest on this episode of the podcast is a true female trailblazer in the spirits industry. Just mention the name Peggy No Stevens, and women will tell you a story about how Peggy has opened doors for them. She has spent the past 20 plus years in the hospitality and entertainment space. She's represented and guided some of the top spirit brands during her tenure with Brown Foreman. She's the world's first female master bourbon taster in the industry. She founded Bourbon Women and is the author of a new book, Which Fork Do I Use With My Bourbon? The Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. You know, you're just a woman of firsts. And, and I wonder like how that feels, you know, just in, in the industry with what you're doing, Peggy, you've just, I know you probably hear that all the time. You've just paved the way for so many women in the bourbon industry. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's something that people do point out in my career and the irony of the whole thing is I've always been for women. I don't know anything differently. And so for me, it's kind of a labor of love in a Mm -hmm. sense. Um, And sometimes it's really unknown to me that I'm helping a woman along in her career until she comes back 10 years from now, you know, and thanks me. Or, you know, I have a woman in the bourbon industry that says I would never have gotten into it if it wasn't for you. So that that means a lot. And that's heavy too, right? To, To be the one paving the way. And it wasn't easy for you. What, you started in the hotel industry initially? I did. Believe it or not, right out of the UK, uh, my first job, couldn't find a job anywhere. And I had an internship at the Hyatt in Lexington. I think I licked envelopes and, you know, folded napkins and things of that nature. And so when I finally graduated and moved home to Louisville, which I'm originally from, uh, I started in the Hyatt in Louisville. And little did I know then Uh, It really set the stage for everything I do today because I was in catering, convention services, uh, hospitality, and all of the kind of boot boot camp training of food and beverage, learning about spirits, wines, etc. Back of the kitchen uh, gave me my foodie side of things. So I, I really treasured those moments. You, in that industry, you probably learned the highest level of Southern hospitality out there, right? Like always making sure we're rolling. There is no <laughs> limit to where you can go with that. You know, I really appreciate you saying that because hospitality, it is learned in, in so many ways. And I would have to say my biggest credit was to my parents because I remember them always entertaining. We always had relatives over, neighbors over. I remember my mom making highballs. Uh, my dad would work the bar, you know, go and get the ice for the, the coolers. And, you know, they, they always made everybody feel like a million dollars when you came through the door. And I think that watching them and how they treated people and always wanting them to be fed, always wanting to make sure they were taken care of, I, I think that really rubbed off on me. Right. When you were at Brown Foreman, is that when the idea first came up for, hey, what about this idea of a Kentucky bourbon trail? Maybe it'll work. Is that when that first kind of was, maybe it'll work? I don't know. That Was it first hatched there? Well, I have to say that I was working at Woodford Reserve Distillery at the time, and I was the guest services director. 
And a lot of people don't know this, Claudia, so I'm letting you know. It was actually three women, myself, the guest services director at Maker's Mark, and the guest services director at Jim Bean. Here we were all competitors, but we were all in tourism. And we were trying to get, you know, a, a really great, you know, groups of people to the distillery and entertain them, et cetera. And so the three of us would travel around to different tourism shows and we became friends. Uh, and so the more we tried to help each other out, the more we said, hey, you know, we're all trying to get the same tourists, but we need to cross market more. And so we came up with the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And we said, hey, what if we got a bunch of the other distilleries? And believe it or not, at the time, there were only seven others, right? Seven distilleries at the time. So we went to the Kentucky Distillers Association and said, would you all consider creating a brochure that lists the distilleries and where you can travel and how to visit in our tour hours? And there you have it. The Kentucky Bourbon Trail was born. Uh, so, you know, celebrating women, I'm so pleased to say that it really started with three women. It doesn't surprise me, right? Leave it to us. <laughs> to plan how, an experience, right? And I feel like now more than ever in recent years, really recently, I feel like the trail and the distilleries along the trail are doing more to appeal to women, right? Like I feel like it's been for a while a uniquely male experience, but I'm feeling more of, of the, the nods to, well, women are so interested in bourbon anyway, but I just feel like they're, they're making more of a, of a entry point for women. Do you think that too? Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, if you think about it, women are the other half of the population. Mm. And so that's a whole nother consumer group who likes to sip bourbon. Um, you know, aside from that, you know, I started the Bourbon Women Association over 11 years ago. And it was because I knew that we weren't having a conversation with women. Tell and me so, more about that and, and what you all do as a group and why you wanted to put that together. Sure. Well, we just felt that women love the spirit just as much as we did. And we thought that if we found a way to have events and lifestyle uh, opportunities, then that would take off. And it did. Mm -hmm. So now we have over, oh my gosh, 14 cities that have urban women associations. And they can get together, they can plan tastings, organize well put together um, events with in that city. They love it. What a way to have partnerships with restaurants and, <laughs> and Excuse me. Uh, don't take your time. Like what a way to have partnerships with not just the women and reaching out to women, but to bring in distilleries and, and restaurants right. and groups to introduce them to a marketplace. That's right. Group that they, that they need. And every year we visit, uh, we have a conference the Bourbon Women Association Conference in August. We have 400 women coming in this year in August, and we'll be taking them around to distilleries, Churchill Downs, any place they like to go to celebrate bourbon. What does it mean to be a master bourbon taster? You are the first in the world. What exactly does that mean? What does a master bourbon taster obviously do? Well, a master bourbon taster <clears throat> is really responsible for tasting the profile of a whiskey. Mm. And what we like to do or think about is quality control to make sure that you're producing <clears throat> the absolute best there is to offer in the industry. 
And so I work with small brands, large brands to help them dial up or dial down flavors that they choose. So you were gifted with a sophisticated palate that some of us would never know the difference between things. Uh, you can sense these nuances that maybe other people can't. And I, I, that leads obviously into your book, how to pair it with it, the best items. Yes, and I think that early hotel training helped me so well. Um, you know, it taught me flavors and food flavors. And if you really think about it, whiskey tastings are all about food flavors, you know, from caramel, brown sugar, vanilla. And if you just translate that food memory, you know, into the flavors of a whiskey, you can help identify more and more. And so that leads over to food pairings. So that's my specialty. That's what I love to do are food pairings. Um, and that's what the book is about. It's all about the entertaining of bourbon, how to enjoy it in your home, that you don't have to be an expert, you know, to hold a tasting in your home. And so, so many people have learned what I call kind of the, the tricks of the trade you know, the best of the best of how to entertain your friends and family the way you like to do it in Kentucky style. All right. Well, I want to learn more. I want, I want to hear about, I think you have what, a special derby chapter. I do have a special For suggestions. Derby chapter. We need that right now. What do you recommend? <laughs> well, because I feel like I have to tell we're you. all kind of dabbling with the idea. People want to try this. We're getting more gutsy, but we want to try that pairing in our home or now that we have guests coming to visit us for Derby. Absolutely. And the beauty of the book, I feel like it's everything I've ever learned in my career, especially the multitude of events of entertaining during Derby that I've done for large groups and small groups. But here's the beauty of it. Everybody has their own style. Some people like to be very casual, you know, and have more kind of the picnic approach to Derby. Other people like to polish their best silver and bring out what I call the table luxuries. You know, that's an old expression that I like to use in Kentucky on setting the perfect buffet. Um, it's also about our season that we're in right now. You know, the, the weather's changing as we all can feel. The things are blooming, you know, things are coming into season like lettuce that we like bib lettuce, et cetera, strawberries, you know, so Everything seasonal had a reputation for being in our buffets and our food. So mint that's growing abundant. I grow mint on my back patio. It's springing up crazy right now for the mint juleps. So we use what is right in front of us and what's indigenous to Kentucky. And that's what I love about entertaining during the Derby. You can dial it up. You can dial it down. You know, but as long as you have some of the seasonal elements of the Derby, you're in stock. Any appetizers that you recommend as far as those Derby favorites to pair your bourbon with? Absolutely. Um, I always like to say, and I'm having a whole host of people stay at my home. I think we have six people that are going to be with us from Thursday to Sunday. And I know that a day at the track, when you get back to the house, they graze like the horses. You know, so I set out the, you know, the, the whole buffet so that it has what I call staying power, you know, mm -hmm. things that can sit for a while or if you're throwing a derby party at your home for the entire day, you're not going to the track. 
you know, people will graze like the horses. And so the minnow cheese, great staying power. Benedictine, another, you know, favorite during the Derby. I love to make the tenderloin sandwiches and country ham and biscuits. Uh, that has <clears throat> such an appeal, universal appeal to people. I make different things on the hot side, like corn pudding, cheese grits. Uh, I can never forget bourbon candy and derby pie. Mm -hmm. uh, those are also some of the favorites that you'll see on my buffet. And we mentioned bib lettuce. So for those that are, you know, vegetarian, you know, you can throw a great bib salad with mandarin oranges, red onion, you know, and a vinaigrette with it. And it's absolutely beautiful. So I think that it's about nibbling a little bit and then finding kind of those heavier foods like the tenderloin to offset some of the mint juleps, if you will. This book just had to be a labor of love for you to put together. It doesn't even feel like probably work, just joy in a book. <laughs> you know, you're right because Susan Riegler, who's my co-author, you know, she was a former food critic at the Courier Journal. So when she and I decided to write this book, it only took us eight months to write it, which is actually pretty that's fast. A, that's a marathon. Yeah, that's super and, fast. And because of our experience, you know, we never had to do any research. It was everything that we've ever done in our career. So it was really like taking a walk down memory lane. Uh, and, you know, from designing invitations, you know, to throwing derby parties, to conducting a tasting, pairing food. Uh, it was absolutely the most fun I've had. And this is my third book. This, this was the most fun book I've ever written. And, and the best title ever, by the way. <laughs> the best <laughs> ever. You. There's a story behind that. There's a story oh. behind that. Um, you know, in my career, uh, I had the pleasure of becoming a certified etiquette and protocol instructor, as well as an image consult consultant. And so in giving bourbon tastings, Everyone would come to me and say, oh, Peggy, what's the right way to drink bourbon? You know, what's the wrong way? What shouldn't I do? What should I do? And bourbon is very approachable and friendly. You know, anybody in Kentucky, we all want people to have fun with bourbon, to enjoy bourbon, to not worry about mixing it, you know, in a cocktail or sipping it on the rocks. You know, you enjoy it the way you do. So which fork do I use with my bourbon? is a play on the etiquette side of things to say, you know, we're not so choosy about worrying about which fork you use. Uh, and so we like for people to absolutely enjoy our product. Absolutely. I love that. I've noticed on social media recently, you've had a lot of uh, media attention, social media attention, because You've been kind of going around talking to different groups, uh, having um, workshops and meet the author events. If people are going to be through town for Derby or even in the weeks following, where can they go to like find out about an upcoming event and meet you? Oh, well, certainly. Well, the first stop on the way would be, of course, my social media, which is just Peggy No Stevens. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, if they want to find out my next book signing, et cetera. But also check out the Louisville Convention and Visitors Bureau. Go to Louisville site because they have a whole host of calendar events of all types of bourbon events across the city and especially during Derby time. You know, so those are two places that kind of are a must see. Fantastic. Peggy, it's been an honor to catch up with you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Claudia, and happy Derby to you. I hope you have a winner this year. And if you don't, just have a second jewel. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you. A very special thank you to Peggy for speaking with me on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about Peggy No Stevens, just go to PeggyNoStevens.com. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers.